fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Well, hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Season 6 of Beyond the Wall. Tonight we're discussing Episode 9 of HBO's Game of Thrones titled Battle of the Bastards. What How did we get here, guys? How did we get past here? <laughs> currently aired episodes. <laughs> I'm Cheech. That's Viv. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we also have Nutty with us. Hello. <laughs> I love these little and pop-ups that we're getting tonight. Present explaining. Present explaining. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about throne explaining. Yes. <laughs> we prefer it to mansplaining. <laughs> yes, I'm Christiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yeah, it's been an interesting day, so <laughs> we're a little, little out of sorts. But we're here. We had a pretty exciting episode with really just two scenes, well, not scenes, but two locations. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, let's see, news-wise up front. Um, I didn't have any show news. Viv had a little bit of news, though. Yes. So first I would like to say, happy shitting, everyone. <laughs> Was that not one of the favorite lines from the episode? <laughs> yeah. Old Tormund. Um, so I just wanted to take a quick moment to um, let folks know because a lot of folks that know us also know our friend James Durham and um, he and friend and um, writing partner um, John Becker have written and now filmed and we are about to do the sneak peek of it um, coming up on July 18th and I just really wanted to mention it because the film, yes. The, it's, a, it's actually a series. Uh, this is the first in the series that is hopefully going to raise funding to generate the actual whole film at one time to preserve the cast and all these things. Um, but I just want to mention it because it's something I really believe in. And um, the cast and crew are uniquely awesome. And the collaborative energy was just absolutely lovely. Um, and Nutty actually came to the set um, when she visited for my birthday in September. And I think you met all of the primary cast. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> well, we may have been a little hungover, um, but it was still really, um, it was still a really beautiful day and a fun vibe. And and the, the just the way everybody came together for this common goal has just been really amazing. And, and, and really, you know, I just literally tagged along while Chooch has been doing sound. And he's done everything. I don't know what the exact titles are, but he's done everything from, run along the young stars um, as she's running to keep the boom mic in front of her to catch the you know the sounds of her feet hitting the mud and stuff like that to recording the dialogue and ADR and lots of squinting at his monitor um, with headphones on and lots of great things are coming from that according to James <laughs> um, but it is coming up on July 18th and um, we're, we're creating a Facebook event for it it's primarily um, something that's being managed through Evite just because but there is limited seating. However, at this time there's um, there's more seating available, so we're you know kind of going public with that and letting people know. And it's um, it's um, 
it's just really exciting. They let me kind of tag along with Chooch while he was taking pic um, doing sound, and I took pictures. And because I have no life, I've been advising them on a little bit of Facebook stuff. And so it's just been really fun because I've got to meet everybody and and like take pictures, which is like my favorite thing in the world to do. And they actually like them enough to use them, so it's kind of like really cool, you know. And it's it's but it's that indie film experience. And if anybody can come July 18th. That would be fantastic. It'll be in Greenbelt, Maryland, and you can contact us for more information. Um, or just, you know, watch our other stuff, and we'll be talking about that as things go online and such. And go. <laughs> I am so bummed I can't go to the screening. Uh, yeah, I, I saw he invited you, and I was like, oh, I know she can't. Oh, well, oh, tech, work so cool. a, tech worked as a consultant on this film and did yep. a couple of uh, Skype interviews and demonstrations and so forth. Uh, and uh, so we had we had tickets saved for us, but of course that is the first day Tech is back in the field, so of course miss it. Well, you'll be missed, that's yes. for sure. We're really excited. We've got a couple of of fun things planned for that night, and then showing the film. You know, it's just really exciting to see this kind of little baby be birthed. You know, <laughs> it's just cool. And we like have like a favorite. You know, like we get together. We got together last week for um, the ADR and went to this. The same old IHOP afterwards, and just like had dinner together, and you know goofed around. It was just there's such a fun group of people that I really hope that it becomes something that can continue with the same people because they've just I mean they're just like amazing. You know it's kind of like going to Balticon the first year. It's like how is everybody so awesome? I'm really suspicious <laughs> about this kind of thing. And then we're just like sharing pancakes. I'm like whatever. We're just gonna enjoy it while we can, kind of a thing. And then another thing that's actually show-related that I wanted to talk about is um, to please make sure you give us a like on Facebook. We are planning for some post-season episodes. One, at least one, I think it'll probably end up being more like two or three, but there's one that is going to be specifically spoiler-filled. It's going to have warnings throughout it, but, you know, we're, we, we're finally, Christiana and Nettie and I are going to get to talk spoilers. If there's, mm -hmm. even if it's already happened, we can go back and talk about, oh my God, do you remember when that, and we couldn't say a thing because, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking book spoilers. Yeah. We don't know anything about yes. the future of the show, oh, only I'm just sorry. in the books. Yeah. And, and we're not going to go into like uh, Winds of Winter spoilers. We're just right, right. dragons and that's it. Mm -hmm. Right, because the Winds of Winter stuff isn't canon until it's published, I don't think. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to do was see if, um, you know, Christiana and Nettie, if you want, I can try and find somebody that's more uh, like has read all of the graphic novels and read The World of Ice and Fire and read all of the books and has like that kind of encyclopedia knowledge. Like I have a friend like that for Lord of the Rings and I consider you guys that for this show, but if there's anybody, because Chooch won't be on that show, I'll, I'll have to moderate it so we don't spoil him from the books. But um, if you can think of anybody or if anybody wants to volunteer for that, I've got to talk to Nettie and Christiana more about that before we talk about bringing anybody else on. But, um, you know, just contact me or, or us via the Facebook or our email address, which is at the end of the episode. What we have planned so far is a few what-if episodes, as in what-if blank didn't blank, similar to what we did for our Balticon live show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Seemed like a good way to explain it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took us down some interesting kind of rabbit holes, and it actually spawned some more conversations that we want to have. It was really fun. And um, 
on a more serious note, I would like to um, personally apologize and, and explain to the viewers um, on why I, I frequently go silent during the episodes or, you know, I'm just not there anymore or if I don't show up at all. Um, and I, I really appreciate the messages I've gotten. I've been trying to sneak off the air so as not to make a fuss and, and a couple of people, that's made them worry. So I'm fine. <laughs> um, but I do have, for people that don't know, I have physical and neurological health conditions with a hair trigger. And if, like now, I'm nervous as usual, but even if I'm feeling my best when we start, I just can't go what uh, the show organically clocks out at, which is between 90 minutes and 180 minutes. Um, we've tried to do it on a shorter length, and it, it just it's just not possible. <laughs> um, and so I just want people to know that I'm fine, you know, it's the same old health stuff, it's just that these are really, this season, are really emotionally charged episodes and discussions, and oof, it just, um, that in combination being with on computer for a long time, it's just blah, it's just, you know, um, it's disappointing for me because it's something, you know, that it's not just a show that we do anymore, it's, you know, kind of a promise that we've made. And I am trying to get my voice on here as often as possible since PG had liked it. And so what Chooch and I have decided is that with all the notes and stuff that I've been doing, um, we're going to figure out some way for me to record that and just get that included and get my viewpoints out without having to rehash everything again and, and Nutty and Christiana having to have the same conversations again. Um, and um, that's pretty much it. I did... Um, that, that also kind of led me to ask, though, because that's going to be part of what we do in the off-season, because we're kind of horrified that there's only, like, 13 that we know of other than this season. Our knowledge is that there's 13 episodes left, right? That's the news that we've been getting so far uh, between well, two so, seasons. Yeah, not counting the <clears throat> 14. So it's like, you know, we've got a lot to say still, <laughs> I think. And so we're, you know, we're coming up with these ideas. So if you have any discussions that you want to have, I know that we have people that watch us and, and we have discussions on the side and in Facebook messaging and stuff like that. But if, if there's a topic or anything that you want to talk about, just shoot us a message. We always love ideas to talk about this world more. And the clock is ticking. We only get two more seasons. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> so I actually have a little bit of an update on that. Oh. Uh, there is season eight and uh, season seven and season eight. Uh, apparently, a lot of the cast are getting pay raises for season eight. I so that's cool. I'm so glad I didn't have time to read that. And um, but it says that they are unclear on how many episodes there will be for all of them. So mm. um, that might just mean that a bunch of them are going to bite it before the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, nobody knows who's going to be standing at the end. Not even the actors at this point. So it 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 is theorized that they would be shortened seasoned seasons be to match what the creators originally intended for mm -hmm. seventy five episodes for the entire uh, run of the show, which would give us fifteen more episodes. But nobody said that's what's happening. So. Fingers crossed, we get two more mm -hmm. full seasons. That's what I'll hope for, yeah. as long as the story permits. Yeah. Um, Jennifer in the Q and A says maybe there'll there will be a spinoff. Um, I hope when I'm afraid about the withdrawal. Oh, I see. She's just saying I hope there will be a spinoff because 
we all fear, I think, the withdrawal for what the show is better. I, I, want, I want a Dunkin' Egg spinoff. That's what I want. <laughs> totally. That would be great. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to mine there. They could easily do it. Oh, yeah. It hasn't really seemed to be HBO's way, but this is the most successful show they've ever produced. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of the most successful show, we have a... Uh, I'm going to say somewhat successful episode. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, it's essentially two locations. I was thinking of starting at Winterfell. Oh, okay. Uh, the show technically opened in Marine, but hey, it's only two two things. Sure. And this is the one, one that um, I had issues with. <laughs> I'm getting grumpier. But, uh, so yeah, so this uh, opens, uh, Winterfell opens with the parlay. Uh, John wants to, uh, or challenges Ramsay to one-on-one combat, and Ramsay mm-hmm. is not dumb enough to fall for it. Yeah. And, uh, so we've got the, the usual Winterfell cast there uh, out in the light, and, um, and you know, what do you repartee? Yeah, <laughs> first, uh, first meeting of John and Ramsay. They had That's not right, met each yeah. other at all previously. I, right. I I really think, by the way, Chuch, you need to uh, tell the viewers your show notes, your synopsis for each of these locations. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, yes. So, it, yeah. noob. <laughs> the location one, Winterfell, synopsis, bullshit. <laughs> not all of it, so it, it starts really well, I think. You know, Ramsey is extra super creepy. Of course, he's very excited to look at Sansa lasciviously and mm-hmm. try to make her uncomfortable, and she ain't having it. Nope. She yeah. has taken back her power. This is another scene where I swear they are listening to our podcast somehow and going back in time and rewriting the episodes because mm. it explains everything that we talked about of why would I take that option? <laughs> Why yeah. would I do one-on-one combat? That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's just it, it's kind of the same reason that Rob didn't do it when Jamie challenged him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's dumb. It's it's just yeah. dumb. And I honestly I think my objection to the very concept of it, even outside of the story, is just I feel like. There's no way the losing side would ever even take that as like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll go home now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not even like trial by combat where there's like this whole uh, uh, tradition and culture set up around it. I mean, really, okay, fine, you two had a battle, but you two fought, but mm. we still got a whole army yeah. here. You know, yeah. I'm not giving up. <laughs> And it's it was you know a nice attempt by John you know see if your men follow you now they know you weren't willing to die for them which yeah you, but they would give a shit especially since they're not going to get word and this is all going to go down yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Well, I don't want to necessarily jump ahead to the next scene, mm-hmm. but I definitely thought that Sansa's assessment of what happened in this scene was accurate, which is that John was trying to play head games with Ramsay, but is. Mm-hmm. Vastly underestimating how smart yes. and and how cruel Ramsey can be, and is yeah. basically, I mean, you know, he's he he's a kitten batting at a mountain lion. Yep. Yeah. When it he's comes to mind games. Yeah, he's been dealing with like really simple, you know, 
frozen people that want either to just just want to immediately hack you. There's no mind games. There's no. I mean, he's so inexperienced in this, and it just really shows. And 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 that was really like he did exactly what they told him not to do. He he played right into Ramsey's hands. This, yeah. It was it was kind of disappointing after everything we've seen him go through and as much as he's he's grown, but it just also shows how much he really needed to save his little brother too, you know? Yeah. Like he really yeah. needed that win. Yeah. Not even your brother, yeah. it's some other actor. He's not even close to the same age. And can I say that I noted on all four viewings that there was a striking similarity in my eyes between Rickon and Ollie from Castle Black, the little boy. Mm -hmm. Especially when he was laid out on the ground. It was like, Mrow. and I think that, that knowing that he had killed a child that's roughly the same, he looked about the same age as Rickon, anyways, at least on the last episode he was on, mm -hmm. um, you know, that had to make it extra, extra painful for him looking back on everything. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we can jump back and forth too. So this was one of the initial bullshit things for me, you know. Uh, I'm I understand. Sorry. I, I have to interrupt. It's the same freaking actor. He grew up fast. Hmm. It's the same right. actor from from episode one. I right. did not think it was. I thought. Oh, oh no! Up. I thought you. I thought you were joking about how no, much he changed. I really yeah. thought that they. No, no, had no. I totally recognized him. Yeah. I. Yeah. I thought they did what they did with Tom, and I am. Um, very surprised because he looks as old as Bran now. So, yeah. Wow. Well, there's a big height thing that goes on, and and well, I yeah. <laughs> there's a heightening, and then there's a developing with him, and I think Rickon got the height right away. I honestly also suspect that there might be a a, a sort of case where the the kid you the the kid that you cast as the little kid character doesn't necessarily grow up to be a great actor, mm. and that might explain why Rickon didn't even get to say a single sentence. That's true. He shows up in two different episodes and gets killed without actually talking. Well, I, and I, then I it was, was like creepy that. stuff. Remember one time he like jumped out of the, one of the side crypts and, and yep. it, it was like all blah, 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 you uh, know, and the dog, no. his, his dire wolf was... I mean, it was only really, really brief and like, like you said, it was like he very, yeah. hardly any dialogue, but it was all creepy. Yeah, the show. Didn't know him at all. Honestly, Rickon was never actually a character in any no. meaningful way. He was a prop. Yeah. yeah. And and Absolutely. and the casting can't be great for all the kid actors. I mean, mm -hmm. Considering how well they did with every other child actor oh, on yeah. the show. Oh, I it, think Rickon gotta have fun. one. I think Rickon did a good job. I just I just you know it's one of those things. I I just I suspect his role was cut back as a result of him maybe not being as good as they were hoping. Hmm. Well, he certainly doesn't know what to do when somebody's firing arrows at you, because that was the first bullshit for me, so yeah. they have to... He's he a child. Mm -hmm. Just like remember Sansa's, that. <laughs> like Sansa I, said, yeah. this <laughs> did have to happen. He did have to die. Yeah. Um, but this was just a stupid way to me, you know, um, I don't care if he's a kid. Running in a straight line with somebody shooting arrows is just fucking stupid. And yeah. anybody um, could have said zigzag for one. Serpentine. Serpentine. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> um, 
I, I hear you, and certainly you're not the only person to feel that way. It's it's pretty, I think, common reaction to from a lot of people on that scene. It didn't, like, it occurred to me during the scene, but it didn't bother me that much for a couple of reasons. One is just the the obviousness of how the character was going to die no matter what, yeah. both within the story context and also just within the TV show context of... There, there's no point for his character to exist in the episode if they're not going to kill him, honestly. Yeah. So from a TV show standpoint, he's definitely going to die. And in the story, there's no way Ramsey actually is letting him go. And he's really, this is all a head game. He has it under his control. The instant that Ramsey thought he might not actually be able to kill him exactly when he wanted, he would have just had all of his archers let loose to yeah. make sure it happened. No way Rickon was ever going to make it to the other side of that field. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of why it didn't bother me as much anyway. And also I just, I feel like, when would this kid have been trained in evasive running maneuvers? And that's probably hard to shoot. You know, and I, I don't mean shoot like with an arrow, I mean like with a camera. You know, I mean it's like... It's it's more dramatic looking. It's clearer to the audience what's happening, even though yes, it seems like if you were in real life trying to run away from someone shooting arrows at you, it would make sense to try to dodge around. My but point I, is, with the power of Hollywood, dodging an arrow or being shot with an arrow in the middle of a battle shoot, battlefield is fucking stupid. Hmm. Fair they enough. could have done anything. Ramsey's imagination could have done anything. Yeah. And once again, this was purely plot, that they wanted him to, him to die in John's arms so that he would yeah. be infuriated and charge into mm -hmm. hailing arrows yeah. for I no was, reason because he would die. I was expecting uh, Ramsey to send the dogs after him across the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I wasn't, wasn't ready for any of it, but I was immediately pissed off at OSHA for not having better taught him how to hide in the two seasons since they left Brand. <laughs> she should have fucking taught him how to evade better than... I mean, and I and again, I said it myself. He's a child, and he's seeing his brother and his... Well, I guess he wasn't seeing Santa in that view, but he was seeing his brother for the first time since how many years have elapsed on the show, mm -hmm. and most of that has been spent in hiding. Since season one, hasn't he been in hiding? Or well, was it season two that they went into hiding? It was season two that they left Winterfell. Okay. But they separated from Bran at the end of season three, oh. I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we haven't seen him since yeah. the end of season three. And what we're led to understand is that in that time, they've not just been tromping through the woods, they've been with the Umbers, who then decided to turn them over to Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think oh. that it's, I, I I guess I missed that I didn't I guess I didn't catch that on the show that it was the Embers just had him and handed him over the Ramsey over to the Boltons. I mean it, they don't really go into how long he was there, but we weren't given any other information for where he spent where he was during that time. So I just assumed that's where it would have made sense for them to go is to try to find a friendly house that would hide them. I just figured OSHA had them out in the wild all this time. I didn't, I don't know, I, I just missed that. Yeah. It's good to know, though. Um, well, that they didn't really say. Um, but that was just my, my assumption. Um, 
Jennifer in the Q&A says, you know, maybe he just totally focused on John and ran towards his brother. Which, I mean, I think in a story context, that's really, that mm -hmm. is what happened. He was terrified. Um, he wasn't sure if he should have hope or not, that he just had his wrists cut. He doesn't necessarily understand what's happening with the fullness required. And so, for all he knows, if he can just get away fast enough, he's focused on getting as far away as possible, as quick as possible, which means not going back and forth and zigzagging. I, I mean, think, we know that Ramsey's a great archer, but, you know, Rickon doesn't necessarily know that. I, I also think even if you, even if you know you are 100% going to die, you are still going to run, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he could have serpentined, but eh, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think, you know, no matter what, you know you're going to die, you're still going to have some kind of a response. And Rickon yeah. was not the type to just sit there and let it happen. He was going to run. Yeah. Well, no, I can, I'm still going to back Chooch on, on being a grump about this because had I been on last week's show, you would have known that Nutty, by the way, I rated the show 6 out of 10. Ooh. I took it down one every time they had a soap opera moment, as I called it. I think that that's what Chooch is calling a bullshit moment. And so, like... <laughs> There were just four different times that I said, no, I don't watch soap operas anymore for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that that was similar, and especially the way they made you think that the one arrow was going to hit him, and you were sure that that one was going to hit him, and then it missed him, and then they didn't show him showing the arrow that time, and then it explodes. Mm -hmm. That was very, he drove off, and his head got cut off, and he comes back on the show a year later with his head sewn back on. <laughs> Some crazy soap opera shit. And so... I mean, I can understand, and and who know, you know, he was so young at Winterfell. You can argue both sides, but mm. it was still bullshit. None of us wanted to see it happen, and it just it says a lot, I think, about Sansa that she was so cold-hearted about it. She was so surgical about the whole thing. It's just leading me to some disturbing worries about her. <laughs> well, like I'll certainly agree that I mean the idea of what's the smart thing to do when you're running away from someone trying to shoot you with an arrow? I mean, obviously, it would be better to zigzag. I mean, there's no question there. Right. The, so it didn't bother me that much that in the context of the story that he didn't do that, even though obviously, yes, that would have been better strategically. But I, I will also say that, like, maybe maybe part of it is that I was a little bit like Santa in the sense that it really never even crossed my mind that he wasn't going to die. Mm -hmm. I was. I, I so did not hard. give up hope until the arrow pierced his heart. Well, right, and so, but I what not. I and I don't want to disagree with you because it's subjective. Well, you can't. It's my well, opinion. I can get. I, I, I had hope. Well, <laughs> what I'm going to say, though, not arguable. Well, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, what I'm saying is. Sometimes when you know a story happens where something happens that's upsetting, I would argue at least that that doesn't make it bullshit. It makes it a sad thing happened in the story. Mm -hmm. And it might even be something you didn't want to have happen, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's... That's not what I'm saying, and I don't think that's okay. what Chuch is saying either. I don't think it's a, gee, I didn't like it. 
you know, I think it's a just not liking the way they executed it. I think there's a difference there. Okay. Okay. So uh, I also expected him to die, and I was just sitting there going, all right, how bad is this going to hurt? Not how bad is it going to hurt Rickon? How bad is this going to hurt me? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> the show likes to hurt me. So, mm -hmm. um, And while we were watching that scene, all I could think of was Sansa talking to Jon. But the truth is, it's like, John knows he's being played, but when you can't, when you're dealing with emotions like that, like you can't just turn them off. I I think if John were to not run across the field after Rickon, then he wouldn't be John. That's that's what's gotten him to survive thus far for sure. And you can tell when the moment when it occurred to him that hmm, maybe I should have thought about this, and that's when. The entire yeah. when he's got a wall of army in front of him, and he just takes off his belt and sword, and it's like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Yeah, that that you, was Church, what did you? I've made a terrible mistake moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was just um, it was perfect, frame perfect. I, I don't think he was. He wasn't taking it off like he was out. He was drawing his sword well, to prepare to fight. Mean, I mean, I'm not gonna argue over over you know descriptors, but I mean, I think okay. he had a moment of recognition, like I've made a huge mistake, like Juch said, that maybe he bit off a little more than he could chew in doing the opposite of what he was advised to do by absolutely everyone. And believe me, I buy the passion thing. Yeah, I buy the acting on instinct and and all of that. It's just. Um, it was just disappointing character-wise. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I was disappointed well, that he did exactly what everybody told him not to. Okay, we're, we're talking about two different things. So at least, one, at least two different. Okay. Things. <laughs> Rickon's death did not bother me in the way that you guys are describing. I mean, I I won't dispute that that's subjective, but to me, it didn't bother me at all. Part of it was maybe just because I was expecting it, but also. I thought that the editing actually added tension and personally gave it more impact to me than it would have had told more conventionally. Because for a moment, it gave me like, oh, is he going to make it? What's going on here? And then, nope, there it is. And so I thought that that was effective. What, I'll, what I will agree that John's response basically playing right into Ramsey's hands and doing exactly what Sansa warned him about is disappointing from a character perspective and I honestly you know I mean obviously John made a very bad decision there it was based on emotion which we can say is the reason but I wouldn't call it a justification it's 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 not I mean how many thousands of his men were killed because of that his inability to keep his emotions under control there and so that's very frustrating but for me at least I still see it as frustrating within the context of the story I'm not critical of the episode I'm critical of the character in a good story making a bad decision that's how I felt about it I uh, I, I you know Story-wise, I think it works, or at least it works for me. And uh, uh, yeah, tactically, wrong choice. And uh, to me, when he unsheathes the sword, it's it's not. It's basically, I'm not gonna have to sheath this again. 
toss the sheath aside, you know. Uh, he was just going to go and fight. And I just, I love the whole anticipation of it. And then, oh, crap, everybody's here. Oh, I guess I'm not alone. Uh, I thought that was kind of neat. Mm -hmm. I thought so, too. I'm in total agreement with the John charge that I think. You know, it's a stupid thing for him to do, but I, at least I, I bought that he would do that because yeah. he's already gone this far. But backing up to the war council the night before, mm. Sansa mm. afterwards, mm. the um, complains that John didn't ask her opinion. Well, she could have fucking spoke up. She's never been totally quiet. She, she was in the room. Before. She yeah. was in the room. She was there. She was should have been a part of the conversation. That was just stupid. And, and it's not saying anything about Baelish is just yeah. irresponsible and stupid. Yeah. I don't see any reason, and I don't, I don't see that they've given any reason. Mm -hmm. Okay, any valid reason to me at least why yeah. she wouldn't have said anything at all when she's saying, I, "I told you we needed to wait," and then he says, "Well, what are we going to do?" And she said, "Well, we even if she hadn't gotten a letter back yet, she could have told she him. Had to have said she sent it that there I, could be an army." Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just there's no excuse for that. I don't I don't get I don't see any excuse for that. So she it's written in the script. Why would you not say anything? She has spoken up in meetings with the same people present before. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why she didn't speak up and I'm pretty sure the reason she didn't speak up is because she didn't know what to say, you know? And so then she complains to him and I agree one hundred percent, a little bit of communication, that would have went a long way. You know, you asked for troops, you want John to wait, yet tell him, by the way, I've asked for troops from the Vale. Let's give him a fortnight, you know? Let's, I let's, agree. Let's I can't forgive her. I, I lay Rickon's death at her feet. I think if she had even told him, don't make that face at me, Christiana Nettie. Don't you dare. I hate too, sorry. I, I don't care. I lay I that at her feet because that battle was lost before they even got on the field that morning. She should have told him, and I don't think she will ever have an explanation that I will believe was other than calculating and self-preserving because she got John riled up to fight for Winterfell and then didn't tell him everything that she knew. And she used Rickon as an emotional tool to get him to fight and go get Winterfell and then she said, well, he was going to die all along. I mean, I, she's I feel like she's playing both sides. It's going to take a lot for me to trust her the way I used to. Like, I had an open heart for her and Arya, and I trusted them as being good people. I think she's just been crushed under the wheel of this game too long and manipulated between Joffrey, Cersei, um, Baelish himself, and crazy old Lysa. I mean, she's got to be some pretty messed up. She, as the play that we saw a couple of episodes showed, she was on the whatever balcony, whatever, when her father was beheaded. I mean, she has been through some shit. Are we going to just assume that all the people that started out good are going to remain good? Or are we going to acknowledge the progressions that we're seeing because she's, this last bit, just really, I think she's, now that she has the power to do things, she's. I'm hoping that after this episode she comes through it, but I'm not sure that she will. I think she will always have a tinge of that cruelty, and I don't think it's going to go away. And I'm just, I'm kind of nervous about that now. I was nervous like that about Arya earlier in the season, after the last episode that she was on. I'm like, praise baby Jesus, you know, whatever. But with Sansa, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just getting more and more concerned with every episode. I think had they waited for Baelish, Rickon would be dead anyway. Rickon was going to die, and he was going to be dead no matter what. I do not blame Sansa for Rickon's mm -hmm. death, because he'd just be dead anyway. Yeah. If they didn't show up on that battlefield, if they tried to do a siege, if they tried to do anything outside of what had happened, he'd be dead before they could do anything. So that's my opinion there is I think no matter what happens, Rickon was going to be dead. I do think that she should have, you know, you're on a war council. You include all of your information. And the only reason... I can foresee that she didn't hold that information is that somehow she got word that they'd be coming and she wanted to look like the hero or something. But that just doesn't mesh with what, what we know of her. Yeah. But at the same time, do we really know what's going on? Yeah. So. What do you mean? I mean, Chush, where do you stand? I mean, you said pretty clearly. I mean, I realized that Rickon was probably going to die. It's Ramsey Bolton. It's a miracle that Theon and... Um, and Sansa, as he likes to say it, got out. But I mean, I think that she ensured it. She was so sure that it was going to happen that she didn't leave any room in her heart, or not heart, but in her like planning mind, um, strategy for him possibly being saved. And so that's what I say. What I mean when I say that, I mean, it, his his fate was sealed before they even walked on the field that morning because it was too late for John to pull back. Or, I mean, I mean, Ramsey already had dead people on his little fancy crosses. It was, you know, it was too late at that point. He already had the noose around, or not the noose, but the hands tied, and he already had Rick on right next to him. The time to have said something was the night before. I agree completely with Chooch. Hmm? So... I'm definitely I I'm prepared now to play San, Sansa's advocate. <laughs> right. um, I will start Please by do. saying Please that thank you. you guys are not wrong in anything you said, um, and in fact I have said a couple of times already this season that I foresaw bad things resulting from Sansa not telling. John about what was going on with Littlefinger. So I, I think I'm on the record as disapproving of that decision um, and foreseeing bad things resulting. Um, but there's a few things that I, I want to defend her on and one is, uh, so several. <laughs> one of them is her behavior at the War Council and not speaking up. I would argue that part of the reason she didn't speak up is because she wanted to communicate to her brother on a personal level that he was not listening to her. This was not about proposing strategy in a war council because she didn't have an alternate strategy. What she was telling him is, you are underestimating him and you are not listening to me when I tell you that you are underestimating him. Mm -hmm. that, and that this is going to be a terrible mistake. That and was she didn't want to say that to him in front of his other guys. It's different than proposing a different strategy. That's yeah. calling him out yeah. for a personal behavior that he has repeatedly demonstrated over the course of the season since they reunited. But did they have no time to talk between the last scene that we saw them in and the scene at the War Council? I mean, I why would couldn't she have pulled them to the side? I assumed that this was her pulling him to the side because 
she has repeatedly tried to talk to him, and he wouldn't listen to her. Hmm. He has been saying, remember, in previous episodes. Again, I agree with you on her trying to get John to understand yeah. he's, he's a right. crazy, crazy man. She has been saying in every, like the previous episodes where they're trying to get more and more men, she does not want to write to Littlefinger. She wants to get mm -hmm. more men another way. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to tell John because she doesn't want him to force her to do it. I mean, you guys, uh, I've heard several people say that they don't, they think that she kept it a secret because they thought that John wouldn't work with him. I don't think that was ever it. I think it was always that she didn't want to deal with him at all and was worried that if she floated it as a, even a possibility, he would take it without really even considering how much, what, what that meant for her. What it could cost mm -hmm. her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I that's why I think she wanted to keep it a secret from him. And at a certain point, once she has kept it that secret, it's not trivial to just reveal, oh, by the way, I've been holding out on you all this time. But the night before well, a battle on, where on, thousands of people are going to die. Let her finish and then we'll pile on. For a long you can go time. first, Chooch. <laughs> so... I'm not talking about the night before right now. I'm talking about there is precedent earlier in the season mm -hmm. for her advocating her position, again, albeit without communicating all the information, but with a reason why she wasn't, whether you can say that it's a justified reason or not, she had her reason. And she was keeping that secret, and she was telling him, it's not enough people, it's not enough people, you don't understand what he's like and him not listening to her. And so this, after this war council, was basically her waiting for the guys to go to call him out personally and just saying, you are going to lose this battle for us because you don't understand him and you won't listen to me. And he's just wanting to make it about, well, what's your alternative strategy? And she's not a tactical genius, so she can't give him some other answer and I will also say that from a strategic point of view, it's not obvious that they would win if the Vale Knights of the Vale just showed up. If they waited mm -hmm. for the Knights of the Vale to show up, you know what Ramsey would have done? He would have turtled up inside Winterfell. He still had more people, and Ned had said previously that a hundred men within Winterfell could defeat defend it against thousands. True. They had enough supplies for years. But it was overtaken multiple times by different people, wasn't it? It wasn't Only just Only by Leon. deception. Yeah, all Only by trickery. Well, I mean, all that to, all, I mean, to fast forward to the end of the episode, all it took to, not to open up Winterfell like a walnut was one giant pounding on the door. What, why, no battering rams? I know there's archers above, but, I mean, I just, I he don't He had, know. like, a hundred arrows in him. So but here's what I want to ask. Here's what, right, well, let's talk about one one separately. But, um, <laughs> let me, here's what I want to know, Christiana. As you argue Sansa's side, are you arguing because you think she is still good? Like, chaotic good? Or chaotic, manipulative, neutral? I am arguing I mean, do you that think? it's very complicated. And it I'll, is? I'll of get course there. it is. I'll of get there, but uh, you, okay. I, I'm not finished Please my do. various points yet. So, um, that's... So, again, I'll, I'll reiterate that I think it was the wrong decision for her to not tell John about the possibility of Knights from the Vale. But, even after writing him, 
She doesn't know that they're going to show up. She doesn't know when they're going to show up. She is begging John to wait. She could have told him, but also doesn't want to... She's probably embarrassed by not having told him previously, and it's all very emotionally complicated for her. I'm not justifying that as being a good strategic decision. I'm saying that I understand it from her character's point of view, that she is begging John to wait, to not attack. She's telling him, you don't understand this. I'm. I, she's doing everything she can short of telling him this one thing. And again, should she have told him that one thing? I think so. But it's not, it's not black and white because, first of all, even if the Knights of the Vale did show up, if John waited, it would have just become a siege. The Knights of the Vale wouldn't really be able to accomplish much. Um, they run the possibility of another storm coming through, just like what happened to Stannis. And it's not obvious that they would win in a straight-up fight anyway. I don't necessarily think this was Sansa's plan, but ultimately, the Knights of the Vale showing up when they did, although it resulted in decimate, you know, in devastating losses to the Wildling army, was probably actually the best way to actually defeat Ramsay's army. Because you drew them out and then cut them off from Winterfell. And again, I would suspect that what was more likely there is not that Sansa planned it that way and then wanted to ride in as a hero, but that desperate to do something when John wouldn't listen to her, she rode off to try to meet up with Littlefinger, who I guess she probably maybe had word, and to try to get him to show up as soon as possible. And maybe he delayed, or maybe they just couldn't get there in time until they did. But she brought them in. And so problem is she was begging John to wait. She didn't tell him everything and that's not cool. But it's not like she just didn't say anything. And again, I'm not defending her not telling John that one piece of information, but I would also argue that it's not obvious that her telling him that information would have changed anything. True. Um, well, and especially like, you know, saying on one side of the coin she doesn't know tactics, all that. So the other side of the coin is she wouldn't know it would turn into a siege. Why all John is masking for or seeking is more men, more men. Okay, there may be more men coming. So, you know, she doesn't know the tactics, so exact. She doesn't know it's going to turn into a siege. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I just it is such an important piece of information that I need something more to justify keeping it back to me that's not just a character flaw. <laughs> it's a flaw in, in the writing or flaw in something that just doesn't uh, doesn't feel right at all. To me, I think it's a bullshit moment that I don't buy the ex explanation. I mean, I, I, I buy that isn't an explanation. <laughs> but something so vital, like a I mean, Remember what Littlefinger did to her when they go? last spoke. She said BRB. I'm not sure. But remember so I want to get her points too. When, uh, when Littlefinger and Sansa last spoke, he got in her head, obviously, about whether or not she could actually trust her brother to serve her interests instead of his own. 
I think that she, for better or for worse, felt that she needed to keep something in reserve. And I'm not necessarily defending it, but I would honestly argue that if we want to discuss whose decision led to the most devastation and the most loss of life as a result, John's emotional charge after Rickon was far worse than what she did. It's a what if. We'll never know because oh, yeah. she never gave the information. And he did ask, where should we get more troops? What do you suggest? He asked her point blank, and she didn't say anything. And for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. She didn't say anything, and things played out. And it may not have made a difference in the head count, but we'll never know. It's a, you know, I just... They I, had a plan that was based on we have less people than them. We are less well-equipped than them. And our entire battle strategy hinges on getting them to charge us. That is everything that they discussed at the War Council. Their only shot was a bad shot, and it was that. And he ruined even that plan. Well, since we don't have Nettie, Chuch, did you want to say anything before we read the comments from the chat? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay, um, I'm going to hold off on the uh, a couple of them because we haven't heard from... Oh, Nutty, Nutty, there you are. So was there anything else that you wanted to say about um, that before we move on to comments? No, from I think uh, Christiana made a lot of valid points. Um, I'm not sure if you guys covered this, but I, I think that... Uh, they could not have done a siege if uh, Ramsey had his full army. He only had like a handful of guys, and that's why one woman was able to get in. And they only had one door down instead of the outer door and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that there's a lot of valid points. And I don't know why Sansa did what she did. So, you know, those points could definitely be part of why she did. But in my first viewing... Those were my thoughts, and we'll only get to find out what happens by watching more. Mm -hmm. So, comments? You're going to read comments, the, the Q&A? Okay, I will go ahead and read them. Um, so, uh, Paulette says, I saw a clip today on the production of this episode. That shot of John facing the cavalry charge was not CGI. Kit actually stood there, unsheathing his sword as 80 horses charged towards him. Kudos mm -hmm. to the production. Absolutely. I mean, that that was my least favorite of the two battles that we had, but um, it reminded me of uh, um, the World War Z zombies, if you guys know what I mean. I never saw the movie because yeah. the commercials scared the shit out of me, but, you know, it was just the piles of bodies and things like mm -hmm. that. They definitely, I mean, it was some of the most beautiful landscapes that we've seen so far this season, I felt, with Winterfell and and, um, and all of the other aspects. Um, before I move on, um, did we want to talk about Davos and his little moment right before the battle? Where he, oh, we can do it after the battle. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Okay. Um, I don't know how to dismiss these after I read them. So somebody else figure that out. Um, and uh, Matt says, um, Sheriff Bullock says, not saying things seems to be a stark trait. I totally yeah. agree with that. 
Jennifer Fuss says, and I'm probably reading these in reverse order because I haven't read them before. <laughs> um, in regards of a siege, isn't some part of Winterfell badly damaged where they, as Stark children, could have snuck in? And that's a really interesting point because they would have known a lot of the little hidden passageways. I just, I don't know that Ramsay wouldn't have found those and filled them in in the time, especially yeah. since Roose was there at the beginning. What do you think, Chooch? I had the thought of that would be a different way to go, would be some mm -hmm. secret tunnels or something like that, and yeah. you know, they obviously decided not to go that way, and I guess it makes sense, because there were a lot of, of old-time um, people that had lived there a long time that were just part of the house, so he probably would have tortured and got anything out of them. <laughs> uh, that's true, and we don't know, and you know, that's who my first guess was burning on those flaming right. <laughs> flayed man cross things. X's. I don't. I can't. I don't know what they're called. I'm sorry. I'm lucky to not know that kind of terminology in my life. <laughs> um, let's see. Jennifer Fuss earlier read uh, said that the Knights of the Vale were apparently just around the corner as Sansa was leading them. Plus, they could have scissored them more effectively if she'd spoken up. In regards of the siege. Oh nope. I read that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt Sheriff Bullock um, says. Oh, he's like me. He says he's very cross with Sansa. She withheld information that could have impacted the result of the battle. She suggested John wait to attack, but offered nothing else. If she had provided that intel, it's possible hundreds of their men would have lived. And then he says, ooh, it's getting testy up in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, she risked John's life, too. Um, now, I hadn't. I don't know about this theory. Um, there's a theory online she's making a power play to rule Winterfell and the North which does not sit well with me. I want her to be strong, but not evil. I totally agree with that. I can't wait to now, see... Now, I would buy it if she turned. Yeah. I mean, she's she's <laughs> she was under Cersei's wing for a minute there. Let's not forget that. Now, I have a little, little bit more defense in the sense of saying, again, not saying that it was good that she didn't tell him, because I have said repeatedly over the course of the season, I thought she should tell him. But given that she had decided, for reasons of her own, that she could not share that information with him, perhaps because she felt he wasn't willing to listen to what she had to say on things, um, and he had demonstrated that uh, more than once, is that something that was so uh, that she was so emotional about. Maybe she didn't feel like she could trust him with that information. And again, as far as making a power play, I don't think it's some scheming cold manipulation, but I suspect that she is not sure whether or not she can trust John as far mm -hmm. as... Um, I'm not saying he would betray her. Right. I'm saying that he would continue to not listen to her and what she has mm -hmm. to say. I'm that agreeing he would decide with you. to take over Winterfell and not listen to anything she says. I I'm agreeing with you by... Um it wholeheartedly, and I can't remember what I was going to agree with you with, but I agree with you, and I have forgotten why. <laughs> I think that uh, with Rick and Dead, oh. from, from the three Are we Starks saying that, that we know about, uh, that Sansa has the biggest claim um, mm -hmm. to be Warden of the North. Um, but one yeah. thing I'm curious about, so they know that he's got that that Ramsey had Rickon, but they, no one said, "Hey, where's Bran?" Because last they knew, Rickon and Bran were You're together. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody's saying, "Wait, where's Bran?" 
Yeah. Right. Because well, as it is now, Bran has the strongest claim. Yeah. If he shows up. But I I so Can I, I ask a question about that I'm not clear on from the show, but I remember from the books. Does John know that Sam saw Bran? Yeah, he does not know that Sam saw Bran. Uh, he knows that Bran and Rickon are alive because Theon told Sansa that. But mm -hmm. he doesn't know that they've split up at all. Exactly. I wonder if Sansa has news of that. Because otherwise, no yeah, how would they not ask about Bran, too? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like well, The last information they had was from Theon, mm -hmm. and they found Rickon, and nobody said, hey, wait, where's, where's Bran? Well, the problem is the only information they so the only way they know that Rickon is alive is because Ramsey said yeah. so. Yeah. They weren't even sure whether to believe it or not until Ramsey produced right. Shaggy Dog's head. So they weren't sure if it was even true. It might have yeah. been made up. And fr from that from Hold that on. point on, okay, they have Rickon that he may not have any idea where Bran is. Yeah. Bran might be dead. We don't we don't know. We don't have any background and so I feel like they just didn't cover it. Yeah. I, I agree though that it, it does stand to reason. It's an open question from their point of view of where is Bran. Yeah. But uh, I think Ramsey was not going to be forthcoming in his feelings on that matter and they had no other person to ask. Yeah. Um, but the the one last thing that I'll, I'll say as far as um, the uh, battle Think about the timing of when they show up. Okay, we know that it was only after most of the Wildling army was devastated and it was looking dire. That's only because John started the attack early, totally and forced everyone to charge instead yep. of following the original plan. Yep. If John had followed the original plan that he discussed when Sansa last spoke with him. They would have arrived just in time to stop the battle from happening. That was one of my favorite little pictures that I snapped of the screen was, you know, Tormund, fucking Tormund said, don't. And he did it anyway. I mean, you know, when Tormund <laughs> is even apprehensive yeah. about a, running into battle, right. you know it's a bad idea because he just loves that shit. So I feel yeah, like... They're going into battle and she knows he's coming... But the point, the point is, in my opinion, yes, we can question the idea, what if she had told him? I don't know that he would have listened to her. He might have felt like, we don't need him. We, we're going to attack anyway. We don't yeah. want to deal with him. Or it could have also been like, the, you know, like the, it's a what if. We don't know yeah. what if she told him. It's not a given that things would have worked out better. Because, again, as I said... If the Knights of the Vale, if they waited until they right. showed up, right, and yeah. then Ramsey came out and saw that whole army, he would yeah. say, "Nope, not doing that." Siege time, yeah, and that could have just led to you know John and company getting buried in snow, loss. Right. And so, if John had stuck to the plan, <clears throat> the Knights of the Vale would have arrived just in time to just totally cut apart Ramsey's army without the massive loss of life. That loss of life is on John, not Sansa. Okay, moving on since we disagree. Um, should we talk more about the battle itself or do we want to talk about the aftermath uh, with battle. the dogs? Well, two, two things on the battle. One, as the um, the sequence 
there's like a steady cam behind following John. Right. That was awesome. He's was going really through, there's horses going, and you got one one pulling a mongo and yeah, that was really cool. I, I think that, was... that this battle is the battle that we've been waiting for the entire series. Um, and 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 we saw some real numbers finally, and some real action, and it was fantastic. And then it went so far as to get uncomfortable. You know, there were so many, and um, you know, like the, the as the bodies are piling up. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that is thinking to like the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and stuff, and how the yes. fields were, and right. and and John just getting lost, and every the 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 pacing of it, how, you know, starts to attack one person and then somebody comes from another side and then another side and then another side. So you're never actually fighting one person. It's right. just constant chaos. And then there's that whole bit of, um, well, and then the encircling thing, like that brings about like Roman fighting and the Spartans and all of their different techniques and so that was really kind of cool like I feel like they used lots of different um, influences from historical battles from many different times uh, right. to stage this fight which was fantastic and uh, the bit where where John's getting trampled I was feeling out of breath I was very anxious, yeah. I was claustrophobic, and I feel like they wrote the episode to make us expect that John was going to die again. Yes, I was they sure of it at one moment. talking about it, they kept talking about it, and, you know, it was like, alright, John's going to get a good death then. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, we just lost Rick on having John go down in a pile of bodies and blood. It's not off the table with Sansa smirking next to Baelish. And I'm sorry, I thought Tormund was gone for a minute. off nasty. <laughs> And and one, oh my on. god. And I was just thinking, but no, he has to see Brienne again. <laughs> uh, I thought so it was a good thing. I thought it was ironic. I'm sorry, please go. Well, I, I just going to say the the mini wall of bodies and the trash compactor looked yeah. really cool and semantically it was really cool. That was one of the things I thought was total bullshit though because as you say, there's so much chaos, so many bodies, so many people going left and right from every direction that there's going to be a wall of bodies that is suddenly perfectly, I, don't, I thought that, it looked really cool and I really liked it. And I liked, you know, I enjoyed that part of the episode, but I just, the, it was just too fan, fantastical for me. The, you know, crazy inner world of magic. See, I bought it because of all the different historical battle stuff that I've seen, like having seen stuff like that happen. Well, you know, this, my my thought on the wall of bodies, this was just something that, like, I I don't know, I just, my brain made a connection without it, like, without the show actually explaining it, but I just, my brain just made an assumption to maybe adjusting reality in order to make that seem more plausible, which was that it was not flat ground there. There yeah. was some sort of a little mini ridge, and people kept getting killed as they came over the ridge. And so the wall of bodies was not bodies 10 feet deep. It was a natural mm. formation on the ground that had a pile of bodies on top of it. But, again, the show didn't tell us that. It didn't show yeah. that. So I think I, I didn't really have really any reason cool. to conclude that other than that's just the, that's what my brain told me was happening. Um, yeah. So that that was my assumption, but it might just be my brain trying to justify an impossible <laughs> visual. It um, looked cool and made Ramsey's 
strategy, you know, brilliant. Mm -hmm. it was, yeah. Uh, Viv, you had something else to say about this. Or did um, <laughs> well, you asked if we were done with the battle? Before. Well, um, I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> One other biggie for me is uh, so Tormund gets his ass handed to him by Karstark. I mean, yeah, he was on his way out, man. Was that Karstark or Umber? I think oh, it was Karstark. Yeah. It looked like I, I couldn't really tell because of all the grime and blood and stuff. But so, I have my I, assumption was, in my notes. I, I don't know. I love that. Yes, he almost did it. But my God, did he get it back as soon as that guy's attention was off of him? He struck, and he struck the final blows. Delicious, yeah. tasty earlobes. I think it was Umber because, if I recall. Karstark, the young Lord Karstark, is a slightly younger, more weaselly-looking guy that mm -hmm. showed up sooner, and Umber was the big bearded guy who showed up saying, I'm not going to bend the knee, but my proof that I'm with you is that I'm bringing you Rickon. And, and so uh, I, I think, and that was Umber, so I think that was the guy that, that it, Norman was fighting. It 100% uh, was Umber because of the banner. He oh, okay. I heard the Umber banner, so... I didn't even see that. But. is a uh, black with a white uh, starburst on it, and Umber is the uh, one that, if you're not paying attention, might look like a Confederate flag, uh, but is a red okay, okay. with a chain, X chain on it. Okay. And, uh, it's kind of similar to the Bolton one, right? A little bit, a little bit, um, except like kind of like reverse. It's got the whole X feel uh, theme okay. going to it. I only remembered the banners because I was watching it. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, that is uh, the right uh, banner. <laughs> I thought that it was kind of sad that um, the thing that triggered, like, the stampede of that buried John, because yep. I, I, I watched it four times, and I took pictures three times to try and figure out exactly when it was, and it was like when Tormund turned around and said, fuck this, and then they all start running, and somebody says, we're going home. And yep. that's that's when John got buried, and it was like, I don't think my heart could have taken it if Tormund's fuck this could have triggered John's death. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I have just taken that option off the table. They're buddies. There's you know they're down. They're ride or die. You know. But I mean that just that <laughs> that was that scene was very very difficult, and that's yeah. that's one of the reasons. You know, it was the the reason I like this fight scene less than the one that started the episode is it was so choppy choppy and like I said, you know, World War Z and and like all of the violent blood splattery stuff and I'm more of a fantasy dragons throwing fire, blowing away from a distance mm -hmm. kind of a gal, I think. I think it's uh, between the two styles of battle, but I do think it was I don't know how much longer I'm gonna last, but I do think it was interesting that they managed to um do what I think. I mean, obviously, in my okay, maybe not obviously, but in my opinion, it's bigger than the Battle of Blackwater was by oh, leaps yeah. and bounds. I think it's. I think that I don't. I don't know if I could decide right now which one I think is the biggest battle or the more you know more important battle or whatever. But like the fact that both of them were the most powerful battle scenes that we've had, and it was representing both ice and Winterfell and fire in Marine with the dragons and all of that. And they even brought a little fire into Winterfell or at the beginning of Marine with the with the lit mm -hmm. catapult ball things. And it was like 
I think the only fire that we got in Winterfell was the one, the crosses that Ramsay burned. I don't, I don't think there was anything else, but it seemed like distinctly mm -hmm. ice and fire, and I just, I really kind of liked that for the Battle of the Bastards episode. Um, so Paulette has a comment about the Wall of Bodies. She says, actually, when viewed from a distance, the Wall of Bodies was in an arc that matched the Bolton archers' firing distance. Also, Ramsay had had them fire into their own cavalry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole thing. Like, you know, so at the beginning, when uh, John says, so your men are going to know that you wouldn't fight for them, uh, the nonsense that Ramsay pulled with Rickon, uh, just violating any idea of uh, hostage terms and things of that nature and all other wartime conventions, and then firing into your own people... I kept waiting. Like at one point, do, at what point did the Karstarks and Umbers and the other men that are with Ramsey stop and say, "Wait a minute, is this what we signed up for?" I thought we were fighting wildlings. I didn't think we were with the wildlings, you know. And and I just, I don't know. It's very. It's so Ramsey, though, if you think about it, because oh, he demanded Ramsey. utter control over his wife, utter mm -hmm. control over Theon, utter control over his dogs and his girlfriend, and everything else. And it, I, I think it almost kind of makes sense, in a weird way. Oh, I, I think, I think the actions of Ramsey make perfect sense for Ramsey. I just kept waiting <laughs> for like his followers to say, "Enough with this shit." Yeah, nobody say, seemed to even blink at it. I, I agree. Well, I agree. It's it totally just fucked too up. fast. <laughs> I, and I think that's what part of it was. I think, I think it happened really fast, and um, I think that they didn't have time to think about it. And Ramsey does not questioning. He doesn't say, "Would you?" He says, "Do it." And he 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 triggers these knee jerk responses. And it was, you know, I don't know if we want to move on to the the scene in the kennels or not, or any other scenes. While we're still in Winterfell, or um, are we? Or if we have more to talk about with the, with the actual battle, which was executedly executed wonderfully, but really disgusting to watch. Yeah. And here, <laughs> chop, chop, slice, slice, gurgle, gurgle. Right. <laughs> uh, so we we lose one one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which extra sad because, yeah. as far as we know, he is the last living giant. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But beautiful that he spent his life ironic even I mean can you imagine what what Ned Stark would have thought had he known that a giant would be bursting down his gate to let his children in and to save the day it was such a beautiful way for him to go out and I think that part of him just ran towards battle and I think part of him knew that oh this isn't this is more arrows than I normally run around in a battle with so I'm probably not gonna get up mm -hmm. you know it seemed like Come on, we're going. Let's do this. Let's let's do this before I fall for the for the last time. It was really yeah. cool. I think he was awesome, and mm -hmm. uh, I loved him throughout the entire episode. I've loved every yeah. scene that one one has been on my screen. Yeah. Um, and again, it's another one of those things. Like at one point, when you see a big giant take your buddy and snap him into pieces, do you not go fuck this? I'm going home. <laughs> hey, nobody's saying Tormund wasn't right in saying that and running away, but you know. Yeah, I mean, he was the, seeing it was. He said at the beginning, he said, you know, we've never seen them fight, and they've never seen us fight. You know, of course, there's hope. And then when he saw what he was up against, I can't blame him for. I mean, at some point, everybody turns. Ramsey certainly did, and he had armies in front. He had the army. Well. Mm -hmm. 
He had a few guys left in front of him. Yeah. And then he um, locked his entire army out of Winterfell, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he was... <laughs> yeah, he never cared about anyone but himself. No. I mean, it was obvious. I mean, I think with 1-1, I mean, what's kind of just extra... You know, I mean, the fact that he was really... You know, the last living giant, certainly the last one south of the wall, um, and not obvious that anyone would survive long north of the wall. Uh, there might have been an aspect for him where, like, yeah, he's willing to fight and do whatever it takes because, really, what else has he got? Yeah. And I and I don't mean to say that it was like it's not like suicide. It was more just like mm-hmm. willing to make the most of and like anything that he can do with the rest of his life. And so he's going to do everything he can to have the rest of his life have some meaning instead of just kind of being alone until he dies. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to live that life and his life is going to mean mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And you know, I I mean, and I think it's certainly true that even once Ramsey got inside like with the Knights of the Vale there doing mop up I think everyone else would have managed to get in, but certainly there would have been much more death without one one's contribution, um, and that death may well have included, uh, you know, John and Torment because they're the ones that were right there at the gate. Yeah. Would have been getting peppered with those arrows that one one was taking for them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ramsey does opt for the one-on-one combat. Well, uh, now that there's not any... <laughs> but he kept drawing arrows as he said it, too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, I've reconsidered as he's pulling out another arrow and knocking, knocking it. Mm-hmm. Knocking so, it, knocking uh, it. John gives him the beat down that he so royally deserved and yeah. saves him for Sansa. <laughs> well, and... Uh, I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty obvious where it was going to go from there, and yeah. I was very satisfied. I was terrible. Well, so first let me just briefly point out that I felt like him being able to pull away from making Ramsey's death about himself mm-hmm. was nice, and it was a callback to how Sansa had called him on that previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I liked that, and I felt like that was an acknowledgement that he had at least taken that somewhat to heart, especially now that her showing up with the Knights of the Vale, whether she had told him about it previously or not, <laughs> saved all of their lives. So, um, so there's that. Everybody but, uh, that was still alive. Yeah, yeah, their lives would have been lots more people alive if John hadn't rushed early. So anyway. And if Sansa had told John. Moving <laughs> on, people, come on. The point is um, that I liked that he uh, was able to recognize that. Because the thing is, I honestly, if John had just killed Ramsay there, I would have been really kind of pissed. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I was, <laughs> I was really happy with how. And honestly, my. When we didn't see him die, though, like when Santa didn't come up and kill him or something, I was t- telling, I was terrified that they were going to try to keep him alive as a hostage. And I was like, no, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I I never really had that thought because of the way that Sansa was looking at him and the way he looked at her. It was so feral to me that it was almost like, 
they had reverted into that wolf form, and she was like looking at him like, "Don't you fucking do it." And he was like, "Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah, sorry. Here, here, this, uh, this is for you. I, I, I got him for you. He's, it's, he's all yours, you know, kind of." It was so primal, and it was so instinctive, and it was. I mean, I we we could do it on a what if, but I don't think that there's a better way for Ramsey to go out. I really, really don't. I think we can all agree that that was a moment of absolute beautiful execution. Very mm -hmm. disturbing how long she watched and turned back to watch again. Um, mm -hmm. How much did Ramsey run off, rub off on her and all that? But um, that is just about the best rape revenge I think I've ever seen on screen. I thought that she was going to just stab him and kill him right then and there. And when it cut, when the scene cut, I kind of had uh, the same thing as Christiana. I was like, don't you let this get bastard live. Do not let him live. And and then when the hound thing happened, all I could think is for Walda. <laughs> you know, for Walda and their little yeah. kid. And, and yeah, I... Uh, I definitely think that the darkness is seeping into Sansa. You know, the yeah. stop look, a little bit of a smile. But uh, no, it was it was exactly what I think um, most viewers wanted to see. Yeah, um, I read one account that was trying to say that it was a dumb thing for them to kill him instead of keeping him as a hostage. But I was thinking he's a bastard. Well, technically not. Yeah. He was officially legitimized by the king. Uh, but is there any? Are there any Boltons left? No. Well, so he would be the Bolton. That. But <laughs> yeah. see, that's my point, though, is that their argument was, technically speaking, from an official standpoint, according to the King Tommen of the Seven Kingdoms, Ramsay Bolton is Lord Bolton, Lord of Winterfell, Warden of the North. Roos was. Roos was, and Ramsay inherited it yeah. when Roos died. And Ramsay was named. I don't think we got a raven on that. Okay. <laughs> but, right. I, but I agree. I totally agree. I concede. I concede. You are making my point before I make it when I'm <laughs> just trying to explain the point that I was trying to refute. Sorry, so, sorry. No, it, it means that we are in agreement. <laughs> but it just meant that you were you were jumping in to correct the person I was correcting <laughs> before I could finish explaining what they said. That sounds like <laughs> me, huh, <laughs> Timing. Yeah. So, uh, so I I think that I thought his death was more satisfying from a TV show perspective than I could have imagined it. Amen. Um, I couldn't. I had given some thought to how could they actually end up taking him out in a way that would be satisfying, and I this was better than anything I came up with. <laughs> I honestly wasn't too worried about Sansa either in terms of the darkness well, rubbing off on her. Or like, I okay, I don't mean to say it dismissively like that, but what I didn't feel like her taking satisfaction in the karmic justice of what is happening meant that she is dark inside. Nope. Um, it does not. Because going out that specific way, it's he killed himself through his need to be as cruel as possible yeah. in unnecessary ways. At every mm -hmm. possibility, yeah. every, every possible avenue. Yeah. It makes no sense. He did it to himself. As he says, oh, my hounds would never hurt me. And she's like, 
but you didn't feed them. Yep. Yeah. And so it's just like, see? Right. You, you would have been fine, except no. just one more example of how you had to be as cruel as possible, and mm -hmm. that's why they're going to kill you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you what said so you, you didn't feed him for seven days, although she had already left when he said it, so she didn't know that he had said so himself. Yeah. Well, you oh, know the magic that. of... <laughs> they, they, no, she um, and John yeah, they, talked about that. They just didn't talk about... Right. Never mind. What were you going to say, Chooch? Uh, no, the only other thing that, that I had, had hoped... Um, I loved his death other than she should have um, uh, carved off a, a doggy treat. Oh, yeah. Before. Oh. Like, that could have let, you know, tossed it to the dogs and given them a taste, and then they come and eat him. No, they did right? it great. I, yeah. um, I just wanted to see him experience so even more pain. That was totally fan candy. I think I don't think that there's even a rapist alive that didn't want that scene to happen. So, so we in, technically didn't see oh a dead body. Oh gosh. But no. <laughs> I know he's talking about it. We saw his jaw get ripped off. We didn't he was see yelling it, no. more. We didn't see we saw their dog. It was right here. Okay, so Nutty? I'm gonna take this moment to read. Can, oh I'm sorry, Nettie, what were you gonna say? <laughs> In response to anybody that says that Ramsey should have been kept alive as a hostage, no, this is exactly the kind of person you kill because you risk yes. them surviving yeah. far outweighs anything else. And there are so many times that he could have been killed and was not killed. This is this yeah. is one of the few times that no, they yeah. they just got to die. Well, and not only that, but honestly, at this point, who else gives a shit? Yeah. No. Like, you, not, you, nobody. Think, you think uh, the those folks down at King's Landing care no. at all? Nope. Frey's probably the only ones that would care even a little bit, only because it doesn't look good for them. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and yeah. they might want to kill the, him themselves because yeah. of what, they did to, what he did to Walda. No, oh, that's right. true. Although they, they may not know that because that was kind of like a dropped ball we didn't you know we talked about the idea of would he be able to hide what he did um, but it, that never just never came up again yeah so I'm going to real quick like read... they saw through his father's death so you know right yeah that was that was not going to be anything that they could hide not with the stab wounds um, I'm going to go ahead and read um, Sheriff Bullock it looks so signed off but he made a comment regarding the dog scene um, oh, and which is grosser, dogs eating Ramsey's face or redacted on Hannibal, cutting pieces off his own face and feeding his own face to dogs? I think the latter. Also, I can't believe this is television now. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal is network television. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Oh, wow. It's uh, CBS, I think. It's a horror. Yep. Oh, and then Paulette says, I love the lines, and I do too. I mean, I, I just had to go back and get perfect shots of these lines on closed captioning. Your name will disappear. Your family will disappear. All memory of you will disappear. And then the dogs start growling. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're only going to remember him if she says stories about him. Mm -hmm. Most everybody else did. <laughs> kind of like the ending of uh, Pan's Labyrinth, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. Um, so they're going to bury Rick on, in the crypt because apparently we're not burning anything anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the Nobody thing. He seems like... to be concerned with that. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh. 
It's so far south from the wall. Is, is that something we have to worry about? Well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah and they don't know either, but they they've can't. seen what's on the north side of the wall, so I think they have every precaution they could. <laughs> well, it's also possible, too, that like I'm not sure how thorough their, their corpse-burning procedures are. You could mm -hmm. potentially still do funeral pyre and then yeah. remains go into the crypt, but I don't know. That's um, true. So another thing that I kept Ugh. thinking when I was think when I was thinking that John was going to die, I kept expecting him to get like a mortal wound and it not affect him. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Where was Ghost though? They didn't show him at all this episode. Yeah, that know. was. Yeah. Oh. Well, didn't he sacrificed himself? Didn't he? No, 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 that, no was, that was uh, summer. Never mind. Yeah. 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 That was. I think it was just like. Too many elements. Yeah. I mean, and if we if we were to talk about what they spent on the episode, the huge amount that they spent on the battle in the north doesn't even touch what they spent on the battle in marine. Um, eh, I don't I know. That's they, why they can only have half seasons now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they we had very expensive for sure. For <laughs> sure, but I mean, just just the three dragons flying and yeah. all those images I've waited for since reading book one. Yeah. Well, that's all CGI, <laughs> though. I mean, I think... I know. That it's season, I know. But what I'm saying is that the battle sequence in the North requiring all of those people and horses and extras and stuff like that probably was actually more expensive hmm. in terms of production. But yeah. very elaborate, both sequences, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing visuals. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about uh, Davos going for his constitutional, and he finds yeah. this that. Like and, my, I don't know if I have that much to say about it because we yeah. don't we have no payoff yet. Yeah. You know, we, we just know. Yeah. I thought because of course seeing Melisandre up there on the on the ramparts as they changed the banners was like the fulfillment of her vision. Yeah. I thought what they were going to do is basically have him show up and throw her off the wall or something like that right after that. So basically the last thing she saw herself doing, that was it. Um, but then, of course, nothing happened. And so now I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was another moment of absolutely stunning visuals in this episode um, that I had to back up and take a picture of when they showed the sun rising behind him and then the distant shot of him looking down on the funeral pyre where, pyre, pyre where Shireen was burned, which is what we're talking about. I don't think we've actually mm -hmm. said the full nouns. We just kind of started talking about it, Davos. But, um, you know, he, he knows that it's where Shireen was. Obviously, it's the stag that he carved for her. And um, I think it was probably the most perfect and beautiful tribute that the only person that that stood over her grave and mourned from what we've seen from Stannis and Stan and her mother, you know, before she hung herself, um, having Davis, the, the visual was just so powerful of him had been realizing this is where that precious little girl had died and why, and he knew that it led to nothing. Stannis ended up losing and dying. Um, it was just Im immensely powerful, just that one image, and it's just the kind of thing that I could see them taking the TV show and taking some of these images that are so, like, mul multifaceted and rich and turning just it into a graphic novel just from photo stills, you know, but that's just me. I'm crazy about visuals. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, I think 
it also shows us what kind of a guy Davos is. The fact that he was able to continue a battle, a possibly losing battle, without acting on like revenge or emotions for that. I'm sure it's going. We're going to get the payoff next episode, but it just goes to show um, what what kind of guy Davos is, and just a little hint for the future. Uh, I have put into the our what if question bucket. What if Stannis never followed the Red Woman? What if he never had her influence? That was actually in there from, I think, season three was, I think, when we first added that one to the list. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very excited to talk about that one. That'll be a fun discussion because there's just so many places to go. True that. Mm -hmm. uh, are we done with, with the West or with the North, I should say? Mm -hmm. With Westeros. Over to Marine. The great master's siege is going to pace. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I think well like the only thing that it didn't really bug me the only minor annoyance was okay so they needed to have this conversation Tyrion and then and Danny needed to have this conversation but couldn't she have gone and fight a couple ships and then checked in at the balcony <laughs> like the whole time they're talking and the city's just getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. I can see no. that, but I feel like you have to talk strategy before you just attack. Yeah, this is a woman. This isn't Jon Snow running with his sword across the field. This is a queen, my friend. No, I think it showed a lot of restraint on her part. I loved the that initial exchange between mm -hmm. Tyrion and Danny, where he's he's doing a couple of different things, the nice layers in there, because on the one hand, there is oh no, mom's home and she's mad and I have to explain what happened. But then there's also the element of they're just attacking us because they're jealous. <laughs> and then there's also the layer where he's actually right in the sense that the success of the city, you know, like it, it being successful is like this is an, a frustrating element of the season at large that they didn't develop this story very well. But I believe that the intent of the season is to indicate that Tyrion is right in his assessment there, which is he made a deal with the Masters and they agreed because they thought that Marine was going to collapse into chaos without slavery. And then when it started to thrive instead, they said, whoops, can't let that happen. Yeah. Um, and so that's why they attacked, and so I believe that he was right. And so I loved that Danny basically uh, listens to all this explanation. You know, she's not happy about the attack, but she also knows what it was like before. And he basically says, we were thriving, and that's why they are attacking us now. And she's like, okay, good. What are we doing about it? <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I, and I just thought that was great. <laughs> well, yeah. and I, I like that we see that, okay, so she's got a plan of what she's going to do. And he's like, can we try just, just a slight change on that? Mm -hmm. You know, just, just a different approach. And you can see that, um, you know, her bloodlust and her fighting matched with his strategy actually works. And, and, you know, I mean, it's not explicitly said, but, I mean, 
what they ended up doing was not Danny's full plan. It was right. Danny's plan with Tyrion's strategy, and this is how it works. He just showed why he's one of the best suited for ruling in some capacity, even if it's only ever as the hand, because yep. he was able to say to her in a kind of insulting way about her father, mm -hmm. um, and he got her attention with it. And there aren't many people that are that adept with their vocabularies that they could have pulled that off because she was already pissed. Mm -hmm. And not only did he get her attention on it, she listened to his advice. And then a fucking cannon came through the wall and she still kept her shit together. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it just I think it just goes to show how all of his experience and wisdom in dealing with crazy fucking rulers is really paying off right now, not just for himself and for Marine, but also for... Danny and hopefully for Westeros later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that scene probably gave him some pause. But um, for now, she's able to be steered towards more good than more evil. I'll also just point out that he brought up again all of the wildfire buried mm -hmm. underneath King's Landing. Yeah. We reminded about that like three or four times this season that all mm -hmm. that stuff is there. I can't help but think that's what Cersei and uh, Kyburn were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna see some wildfire get are, lit up. Are, are you saying episode. this is this is Chekhov's wildfire? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're definitely hinting at at that kind of a a thing, but I have something that I wanted to add to the um, what if show that I just. It's, you guys know that I didn't read past book four. I never got to read the graphic novels. I haven't read World of Ice and Fire. I've been chooch. I am the least knowledgeable person on here about the actual books. Um, I mean, I've read the first four like multiple times. But um, So what I'm starting to wonder is with the, the constant mentions of the wildfire, beneath the castle, and it looks like we're going to hopefully find out next episode, they won't drag it on until next season, we'll find out why they keep, why that is still being so brought up to our minds. But um, one thing I want to propose for the what if episodes is, what if um, Mad King Eris wasn't crazy? Hmm? What if he thought, he knew, because let's remember who has been at the wall was, I mean, um, uh, Master Aemon. So he would have known what, allegedly, he would have known, I mean, I don't know when he got through the wall, because this is so long ago, and my math is probably way off, because their birth math just confuses me anyways. But it seems to me like it's something that would be an interesting discussion to say, what if Eris knew about the long night coming, didn't know how far it was off, and didn't want his citizens to become, you know, the walking dead kind of a thing. Well, just I'm, not, I'm not sure that's a what if because we don't know that that's not actually the case yet. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a big theory that we've discussed before. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that when, could be. Oh, the I don't truth. remember. I don't remember the discussion. Yeah. I'll shut oh. up then. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe this, maybe you had uh, ducked out or something. But when we had the episode about where Bran was having his uh, flashbacks, and especially once we realized that he is able to actually influence the past, even if it's only in sort of making the past we already know about come to be, and it could be 
that Bran attempting to warn people about the Night King and so on inadvertently is what caused what triggers him Eris to be hearing burn them all burn oh them all god. oh my god now so, I want to see it even more <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly I thought not, I was just full of shit but now I feel like <laughs> I I I half expect that to be what happens yeah. in the upcoming yeah. episode I feel like things have been building to that because I think in the fin in the finale we need payoff on a number of things um we need payoff on Brandon and his visions and what they're doing now. What's their plan? Where are they going? Mm -hmm. um, we need payoff, obviously, on the trial. And we know mm -hmm. that Cersei's got some wildfire up her sleeve. Um, and then uh, I doubt we're going to get any payoff on Dorne, although that was bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like instead of them getting a raven that says, oh, turns out Prince Doran is dead, it should have just been, and then Doran fell into the ocean and was never heard from again. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you guys if I was just being forgetful, because, I mean, it's been three episodes ago that no, we last it was, saw. It was the first episode, or no, the second, I think, that... Uh, is when they did Slicey Slicey on Duran, right? Yeah, I think that was episode yeah. two of the season. We've had wow. nothing since. I'm convinced that they've just nuked Dorn from orbit mm -hmm. and that body yeah. is gone. Yeah. They decided mm -hmm. it wasn't working and they didn't need it. It's gone. I believe I, I agree. I think that's what's going on. Yeah. But so I think you for, know the for pretty mainly British and, and European cast, that sounds pretty American. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that. Mm. Well, so in any case, um, the creators I think, aren't British, by the way. They're American. That's true. That's true. Um, I think Arya, we maybe don't necessarily need to see again. I mean, I would like to. I'm just saying that I feel like we don't need any additional resolution. Her last moment that we got was her announcing well, her intentions for the next her next yeah. arc. And now we um, know Winterfell would be safe for her to return to, so we yeah. we can have we can leave this season on hope. Let's hope they don't fuck with that. We need mm -hmm. we need at least one more story beat for Brienne, for the Hound, for Sam, um, and uh, then of course the major story um, resolution for the the trial in King's Landing and what's up with Brienne. I I feel like that's what and we're going to have to see. Well, I, I said Brienne, but uh, oh, I thought you said Brienne. I'm sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I was saying Brienne and the Hound, I think we need at least a little bit more from each of them, but not necessarily a lot. I think we just need sort of a set piece of what's up with them, where are they, where are they going now. Um, and then, But Bran, we need a lot, and I think we need not just payoff on what's his plan, where is he going now, but also resolution of those damn teasing flashbacks we got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Um... Do we want to talk a little more about Marine and the battle? Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. On a tangent. So, yeah, the um, parlay again. The masters Another dig and dig and dig themselves deeper into a hole. I think everybody, or at least I was pretty sure how it was going to go, and it was fucking glorious. It was wonderful. <laughs> I wasn't kidding when I said I've been dreaming of Danny on a dragon's back. Like saving the day since book one before the damn oh, yeah. eggs even hatched. Oh, yeah. As soon as they were in her hands, I was like, oh, babies, it'll grow. Yeah, <laughs> she can burn up her brother. 
all the beats were perfect even just leading up to it. You know, I think there was a mistake in translation. You know? Yeah, that, <laughs> I, that, that's what I wanted to comment on. I Again, we get a whole thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Your surrender. Not every, my surrender. It was mm-hmm. just a thing of beauty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every Every pause... I mean, I thought it was just masterful. It was like Letting, where I think that they really shine. Yeah, I saw talk until they dug themselves to the grave. Go ahead, yeah. Christiana. I saw a great meme that showed Grey Wind standing in front of them saying, one must die. And then the second picture is, you know, him doing his double slice. And then it says, I make joke. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought that was such a cool thing, though, because as soon as one of them talked and the other one started, well, yeah, yeah, I am. It was like he gave Grey Worm the signal, like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Just do what we played. It was awesome. Yeah. He was yeah. he was the newbie. He was the one who was <laughs> newly the one who had who had bought Tyrion and Jorah, right? So, well, yeah. and he was also of course, I they're think. Gonna, Point to him. Mm-hmm. And he was I, very outspoken. He was the one that made the, the quote demands. You know, he was the one that I least expected to survive because he's the one said that this is going to happen to your unsullied. This is what's going to happen to Missunday. This is what's going to happen to you. And we're going to butcher your dragons. And he's the one that lived at the end of it. Um, yes, it was. was. I took it? pictures. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, I I loved that they made what I thought was the counterintuitive choice, which is um, with the, the dragon attack. So my first thought is that you have the dragons going and just swooping down and just spraying fire all over everything. But they didn't. They did it to one ship and dis- destroyed it utterly, demonstrating to all those other ships like... That's what happens when you fling fireballs in our city. So maybe you should cut it out. And now Danny has a bunch of new ships. Yep. Plus yeah. she gets some more in, in, in the next scene. She does so love her ships. Yeah. Um, and so we do find out definitively that the, the other two dragons were locked up the whole time. They were not yes, in the countryside. Capable of coming out when called, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and when I was thinking properly that. motivated. So great. <laughs> so that's another thing that I wanted to ask you guys, and maybe you guys talked about it on one of the episodes that I wasn't on. But do you think that there is anything to the the um, the conversations online about being like a really similar to what Bran has connections when he's doing his green seeing and warging and stuff that there is a connection between Danny and the dragons because it seems like. Drogon is acting in her best interest whether it's what she wants or not mm-hmm. because by him taking her initially from the the fighting pits in mm-hmm. Marine yep. and flying off with her and leaving her in the mountains where the Dothraki would find her ended up being that was the linchpin. I mean that was like their big nobody knew that she was going to show up with how many mm-hmm. hordes of Dothraki were that? <laughs> I was so yeah. excited. But I mean, it was a huge army led by Dario, and so we know mm-hmm. that he's still there. We still don't know what's going on with Jorah. He's still, still trying to find a cure. Mm-hmm. But it was so wonderful to see that Dario was one of the ones coming forward to stop the, the uh, Sons of the Harpy. Mm-hmm. that were slaughtering mm-hmm. people, just blatant, just butchering them in the street. Yeah. So it was it was... It was a really powerful 
I thought for me a really powerful, I mean I know that the dragons that were in the basement and everything probably heard, you know, the dragon screeching like everybody else did, but do you think that there is something to the psychic connection thing like Bran has? Chooch, I want to ask Chooch first though. Okay. And, and I think we may have talked about it a couple seasons ago. I have always gotten the feeling that there's a connection, but that she probably doesn't understand it exactly how it works. I don't believe this show has made any inkling that there is any connection whatsoever, but they, I have a feeling in my heart that there's a connection. Yeah, they haven't done anything obvious at all, but they've done little things like she'll look over a hill and she'll see dust stirring and then she'll go over there and it's Drogon. And that, that's happened like a couple of times where it seems like he's there right, right when she needs him even if she doesn't know to ask for him. And that's all that I, that's really all I meant kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, my, I, I, I'm kind of with Chooch in the sense that there's obviously a connection of some kind that is perhaps supernatural in nature, but I don't, it doesn't seem to me to be quite the same as what Bran is doing. Yeah. And this ties into my whole theory that um, her dragons are sort of agents of capital D destiny, as in they obey her more when she's doing what they want, so to speak, whatever you know, to the extent that there's some will controlling the magic around her, yeah. what does that will want? Yeah. And they obey her more when she's following instructions, so to speak. When she is, or when she is on her true path, mm -hmm. but what does that mean? And I'm not sure that that's necessarily a benevolent thing, you know, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking about the Lord of Light. Uh, um, so who knows what's going on there? But I definitely, I mean, there's there's some magical connection, I think, for sure. It, it seems different, though, from what Bran is doing. And it kind of makes sense that it might be just since we sort of get the impression that the, like, whatever magic's going on with the children and the old gods in the green dream is might actually be sort of in opposition to the Lord of Light. Or is it? Hard to say. Um, I think mm -hmm. that uh, it's not warging, um, but it is something. And whether it's just, you know, dragon husbandry kind of a connection or something more supernatural and tied into the fact that, you know, she she doesn't burn or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Or, and again, maybe I've been watching too much Voltron, but maybe there's a certain types that can interact with dragons, which is why uh, Tyrion was able to take their collars off without being flamed. Um, I think that uh, there's definitely something. And I'm still waiting for Bran to warg into a dragon. Which is why I think it's very totally. different than warging. Because I really think the moment Bran was able to warg into Hodor is the moment when I said he's going to warg into a dragon at some point. So that's mm -hmm. that's my little hope there that that's going to happen. <laughs> Any other dragon and war shenanigans? Uh, I did notice scene. that the, dra the two dragons that were kept inside, they didn't seem that much smaller than Drogon. I, I they were really smaller, but not significantly, yeah. I don't think. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't so. think they were, maybe they weren't separated as long as we feel like they were. Yeah. On the whole air, greedy's hard perspective. Yeah, so. we didn't really see them standing right next to each other or anything. Well, no, no. 
I felt like they showed them a couple of scenes. They showed that they looked a little smaller, but it wasn't like the size of cats or even like the last. They were bigger, I think, possibly well, than the last time yeah, we saw them. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to be size of cats. But, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. Um, I know that. No, I know, but it was yeah. the whole theory that the dragons will grow yep. larger mm -hmm. if they aren't enclosed. And so, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've noticed it. Maybe I was wrong. A um, little different. But I do want to say that, like, all of the dragon scenes were just awesome, and I was clapping, oh, and I was happy throughout the entire thing. And it was heaven. And he climbs up on him. Now, granted, I also think that the dragon scale changes depending on whether or not Daenerys is on his back or not. Um, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. And I love how the neck moves and works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This dragon. Yeah. It was very neat. Yeah, yeah. It was... So it have... was all that I've been hoping for and and more. So much more. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm sorry, I'm turning off my lights, so I'm turning off my camera. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, let's see. I, I wanted to read um, a comment of Paulette's. Um, I just want to say the surrender of Marine was one of my favorite scenes from the whole series. I agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. um, then she continues, just that shot of the Masters saying, you obviously are having trouble grasping the new reality when in background Drogon lazily circled was precious. <laughs> I so agree. That was just so delicious I tasted it on my tongue. Mm -hmm. so then we have uh, Yara and Danny becoming fast friends. It was just, conversation was almost too perfect. <laughs> oh, the subtext. I totally ship uh, Yara and Daenerys. Yes. Although, I have to say, like, it's it's one thing also, you know, Tyrion pointing out the, the precedent of letting one of the Seven Kingdoms decide to not be one of the Seven Kingdoms anymore is potentially a dangerous precedent. Um, but I also like that she just points out as, like, well this one is offering us something of real value in exchange. Um, the others can make a similar offer if they like. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, um, not for free. Yeah, and, and she didn't, like, confirm that, yes, this is what's going to happen. She said she asked. Well, it's also a case of the other thing, though, that I'm almost, like, more worried about than that is this whole idea of, yeah, and you're going to stop all the reaving and everything. Mm -hmm. And Yara's like, you mean our whole way of life? It's like, not anymore. Oh, sure, that'll be easy. Mm. Although, I guess it's true, too, though, that technically they did stop after Robert's rebellion because they had Theon hostage. Yep. True, and, and um, I think Yara is taking that, let's say... Force of nature, force of will that, that Danny gave in that statement. While she's walking through the burning streets of Marine with dragons circling above, I think it's probably easy for her to understand that it's not going to happen under Danny's reign in Westeros, anyways. She may as well agree to it now because yeah. Danny's not having it and she can show, she showed that she can make that so. Mm -hmm. Well, and to me, it's like Danny's like standing there, look, I just ended slavery. I think I can and end raping yeah. and pillaging. Like, yeah, I don't. I ended slavery. Danny's plan is that there's going to be a seven kingdoms once she gets there. There's going to be a kingdom, mm. and this is how things are going to be, and how yeah. the world's going to run from now on. Yep. 
but I my favorite bit was just the and I suppose your proposal is not coming with wedding uh, and and Yara's just kind of like wasn't going to ask, but you know what? I'm really up for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I, I was actually. Like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please finish. I was going to say I was discussing on uh, Twitter with uh, some people uh, that uh, um, wouldn't it? Well, this was actually before this episode. It was just when we knew that's where Yara and Theon were going. Was it's like, let's have Yara and Danny go be. Um, uh, co co queens and uh, this was before Varys had left, so it was also and like and then Theon will have Varys and Grey Worm as eunuch role models to help him get over his deal. <laughs> I remember you saying something about that. Yeah, uh, the, the role model part. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm shipping them. I'm shipping them so hard. Uh, I would love for Yara to replace the hand. You're shipping them. Yeah, yeah. You know, to ship. What is, no, what does that mean? When when you favor a relationship in fandom, it's called shipping them. So, like, I ship mm. Brienne and Tormund. Mm -hmm. I ship Yara and Danny. I ship Arya and Gendry. Still, damn it. <laughs> exactly. I ship them, too. So, the uh, Iron Island delegates are pledged, and now they've got all the ships, so... It was a fantastic scene. It was an absolute unexpected treat to see both of them on screen. By that I mean um, Yara and um, Danny. But I I did like some of the words that that Tyrion had for Theon. Um, I'm such a huge mm. fan of Cyrano de Bergerac, and I saw you know a little bite of a similarity between. Uh, one of the opening scenes in um, Cyrano de Bergerac where he's talking about the insults that he gets for having a big nose. And mm. it was just, I, I inside my little heart just beat little pitter-pats for it and I was so excited. It just made me like love that character even more and like now I see them as kind of like similar because they were both witty and society decided they were deformed and such and it was just like, oh, Cyrano. I just, I think Tyrion just gets fucking better and better and better every season. He's one of the few characters I think that you can say that through through the like length of their progression and to date. You know, he's done some dirty shit, but he's done it. I mean, it's arguably been for the benefit of of Westeros. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you saying that just made me think of the uh, scene from Roxanne. Yeah, Steve Martin. That <laughs> is such. It's so funny you say that because that's my favorite translation of <laughs> the actual French play. Because Steve yeah. Martin loved it so much, he was very true to it. Yeah. And so that scene is almost, you know, you know, swipe or what's it called, cut, cut by cut, but with the sword versus the tennis racket. It's almost exactly the same, just in modern terms. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that you mentioned that. Mm, sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> My only hesitation with Tyrion is not any criticism of the character necessarily, or or certainly not the actor, but just I feel like that not there. There's been periods within the series that they didn't really have very much interesting for him to do. Yep, mm -hmm. including this season. Yeah, but um, but that's not any criticism at all of how cool the character is generally, or certainly not, of uh, Peter Dinklage, who continues to be amazing. Sue, are we ready to rate? I oh am. God, I, I know. 
I'm, I'm not the best to judge, but I think we've got one more comment in here. Um, okay, so, wait. I don't okay. see so any Matt more said, other than the, his yeah, rating one. Well, I was going to read the stuff before his rating. Um, okay. um, Sheriff Bullock said, I'm going to skedaddle, but here was my review. Marine was fantastic, which I think we all agreed on. Um, he wants more Yara and Dana, Danny, which I think we all agreed on. Winterfell was disappointing, which is interesting. Okay, so big on on big on spectacle, but he's very disappointed in the Stark children. <laughs> so fatherly. So your your verbal stumble uh, made me think. So is it Dara or Yarni? What's their ship name? Um. <laughs> Oh. Yarny, Yarny, Yarny. Yarny. They're Yarny. Oh, wait. She, Danny's got to go first. So Dara. Dar Danra. I think she needs more letters. She's a queen. <laughs> Dianara. Darny. Oh. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. All right. Ratings. <laughs> Ratings. Who has a rating? Uh, I'll I'll go first, and what I'll say is that just in anticipation, I will say that I am sorry <laughs> that you guys didn't like the episode as much as I did, but I am going to give it an 11 out of 10 Ooh. flirty smiles. That is totally right. allowed because I've done similar ratings. <laughs> we have to accept that. I think that while some characters made decisions that I didn't like within the context of the story, I thought that the episode was amazing and I loved it. Okay. Chooch? I am going to give it a 6 out of 10 Winterfell pieces of bullshit. Wow. Yeah, not for me. Because while, and, and I, I, Marine really saved it for me, because there were definitely parts of the Winterfell stuff that I did like, that just weren't as many, and um, with the characters, overall I did like it, you know, better than five, but I didn't buy a lot of the character justifications, obviously, for the bad choices they made. <laughs> I think they're okay. still doing some lazy writing. Viv? Next. I'm still deciding. All right, I'll go <laughs> while you decide. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to give it 9.511 one, one pin cushions out of 10. Um, I really dug it. I thought it was a great episode. Um, it's not a full 10 for me just yet, uh, but I think yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the highest. Yeah, this is the highest I've rated an episode this entire season. So it's I think it's my favorite because of the spectacle, because I've been waiting for a battle like this, um, mm -hmm. and because of all the happies that I got from the dragons. But I I dug the Winterfell storyline as well. I mean, it was riveting. Kept me going. Biff. Okay. So I thought the I, I thought that the episode was fantastic. Very I liked it way better than last week's. I still have to give it a nine because I love the show and I can't really I struggle to go below like eight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there were things that bothered me um, as far as like 
There were just, I mean, you've, you've already heard me say it, but, um, and it made us fight, Christiana, my fiance. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I wouldn't, it wasn't a fight, it was a, it was a spirited discussion yeah. with respect towards the other person's <laughs> point of view. Always trying for respect. Yes. So yeah, I, I have, I have a question for everybody. Uh, we did this a couple seasons ago, but I'd like to do it this season as well. What do you think the last scene of next episode will be? Uh... <laughs> and you can be vague. You totally stole my thing, Nutty. I always do that. <laughs> Good, you get to track it this time. I'm <laughs> totally going to track it this time. Good. <laughs> So is this one where we, we write in before it airs? No, tell me now. Wow. Yeah, you don't get oh, much time. Yeah, <laughs> because, again, it's I, like there's no question of book spoilers here because this yeah. is all past the books. I still kind of feel like I like the idea of us not, like, talking about it until after the episode. And then I think that we won't spoil, like, each other's possible predictions. Okay, fine. Then everybody email me your ideas. Hey, dude, it was just a suggestion. No, no, I'm fine. I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm not. I, I was giving it. I was like, fine, then email it to you. I can't it pick it out of your one. brain. <laughs> well, no, that's just how we've done it in the past is that it was like top secret, and then we talked about it on the show. All right, so email me, and I'm going to say this to listeners as well. Uh, to make it easy, we'll just send that to the btw at specficmedia.com. Uh, send an email of what you think the last scene of next week's episode will be. You don't have before to be super specific. Before it fades to black. Yeah, before it fades to black. You don't have to be super specific. You can say, you know, Tyrion, he's dancing on the Iron Throne and eating pudding, whatever. You know, <laughs> pudding. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were uh, going somewhere totally else with that. Her name is Jackass. <laughs> we're never gonna get that joke. Damn it. So, so if you do write in, uh, obviously you will get a, uh, an entry for our drawing because the end of the yeah. season is almost here. Fifty dollar gift card coming. And hey, if you get it right, let's say you get like what? Bonus ten entries. Ten. That's a lot. I say uh, five. Yeah, five. Well, that's we got to keep it in scale with what we're giving for our iTunes reviews, yeah. which is how many points is that again, Chooch? Five. Five points One for an gotten. iTunes review. Two, so far. <laughs> yeah. And we thank you, too, for giving us the reviews. Very much. Uh, anything else? I think that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, so next up's big finale. What's the, the name uh, of it? Everybody. The oh, I'm of sorry. Winter. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. No, I actually forgot. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be Winds of Winter. And, um... Which we know is the name of the next book. Mm -hmm. So that to me says we're all going to be spoiled. Just hoping there'll be a big surprise and, you know, the, it'll, it'll fade to black and then they'll have George announce that the new book is dropping tomorrow. Or... That would be nice, but, but that's not happening. <laughs> That'll never happen. But we can't keep secrets like that, do they? Like that, that, yeah. that kind of a secret is just impossible. It would have been leaked on the internet somewhere because somebody stole pages out of the printing press, you know? 
Yeah. Only only Apple can do that. Or well, like apparently, so the whole Walking Dead last thing was a big spoiler, and Damn. when they filmed when they filmed Baby. what what that was good burn. Never mind. I would, never mind. Keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I misspoke. The walking at the end of it, there was a big cliffhanger. I think I said there was a big spoiler, but there was this huge cliffhanger. And so, as not to spoil it, when they filmed the outcome, apparently they filmed eleven outcomes. Nice. So they filmed everything that could have happened. So hmm. nobody really does know, even people on the set. Didn't they um, do something like that with Breaking Bad? Yeah, I want to say, yeah, I think there was a... Yeah, maybe. They've been doing that for a long well, time. They did three different endings for the movie. Um, God damn it. Is it Clue? Oh, Clue? Yeah, Clue. Mm-hmm. They did three different endings, and depending on where so, you were, you saw a different ending. I think that was different, though. It wasn't about yeah. spoilers. It was about just... The game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been got some people to go see it multiple times, you know. Yeah, although <laughs> I have to... Bonus. I love that movie... And yet, I've only ever seen it with the home video version where yeah. it just puts the three endings back to back. And honestly, I think it's stupid to watch it any other way. And <laughs> except for in this, except for if you're sitting in the theater when it comes out, like that's how I saw it. I know. I, I'm not blaming anybody who went to see it. I'm not <laughs> saying that it... What I'm saying is their original plan to have only one ending and just depending on where you saw it, you got a different ending, that's dumb. I don't like that. <laughs> I, so I don't mean it that people are dumb for watching it that It was fun and exciting and new and innovative. That's how old I am. Okay. It was a gimmick. I thought it was a fun gimmick. <laughs> I feel like I would be mad mm. uh, at, at the possibility of having to see it three times in the theater to see the three well, different but I, I mean, I don't know how much older I am than you, Christiana, but I don't, I don't know that we have the same completest... <laughs> kind of mentality, that's you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I really don't. I really don't know. Like, I have never. There's no film that I've ever followed more than in my later years. But I just, I, I think that like we waited so long for these serials to pay off, and and most of the times they never came again. I don't know. I just, I don't mm. think. Like, I wouldn't. I don't. I never felt the need to go and see the other two versions until I came across the DVD that had all three versions, I was like, oh my god, I can finally see the other two. And I mean, that movie came out in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Had to be the 80s. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was sure. <laughs> what? Are we talking about the 1946 clue? The, the crow. I, my, my point is really just that I think the movie works best the way it is on the, the DVD now, where it just plays the three endings back to back. I think that's, mm. that's a better movie than just any one of the endings by itself and no, and not showing the others. I th- I think it's mm-hmm. it makes the movie better to show all three back to back like that. Interesting. You're wrong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that is going to do it for us for reals. <laughs> this episode so finale. Uh, we will do our live broadcast next week. We will not be doing a uh, a live reaction. No. Um, yeah. But yeah, so full regular streaming episode Wednesday, and uh, be released the podcast shortly thereafter as soon as we can get it done. So that's it for us. And if I may, real quick. Yeah. 
just a reminder for folks to keep on giving us feedback because we will be collecting points for, or I'm sorry, numbers of entry um, during episode 10 as well. We won't be revealing the winner until we do our finale episode, which will be after our the last episode that we cover for the actual series itself. So the reveal will be the, our our, um, our wrap up episode. Right. Precisely so. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.